Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 248, CEO and co-founder at Fleet Space Technologies, Flavia Tata Nardini shares her inspirational startup journey. Launching a space tech startup in Australia at a time when the country didn't yet have a space agency took guts, commitment and hard work. Flavia steps us through lessons she's learned and touches on her role as a female leader in a traditionally male-dominated field. Flavia discusses the importance of working hard to realise our passions in order to make a positive impact. This is Flavia's version of Be The Drop. This episode was recorded live at Southstar in Adelaide. I've included a link in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about Southstar. Flavia, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you for having me. And we're here sitting outside. We have got the lawnmower going in the background at South Start. It's very natural. Yes, yes, we're in, in with nature. We're at South Start at the Wine Centre and you're going to be talking a bit later about from idea to IPO. Correct, yep. But before we get into that, I'd love to just hear a story along your journey. I'm just saying it's been a pretty wild ride. <laughs> is there a moment, is there something that sort of stands out as a pivotal, as a maybe a, a really big challenge that you recovered from, as some Something that we can basically get to know you a little bit, understand your journey, and then we'll dive into it from there. <laughs> so uh, a moment in the past five years of this startup, there are a lot of moments. One moment that I talk about a lot that is, uh, is very interesting for me, we have amazing investors in our cap table. But as a space startup, the first three, four years, you know, raising money, it's hard because every investor is... You know, we were the first space investment of Blackbird, the first space investment of Grok and Mike Cannonbrooks. It's new. You know, they don't, un- they don't understand or we don't understand even the dynamic of building a space startup. So we raised five million for launching four satellites. That is absolutely amazing. But we had six, seven months of delays with SpaceX. So it was, it's a long delay to wait for a rocket. And I remember in my series uh, A, you know, waiting for an investors to call and uh, to decide if, if the deal was done. And it was pretty complicated because I think the, day, the month after the, the monies were finishing. So I was driving with my daughters, their little ones, and one was half asleep. And I remember, I remember crying. I remember driving and thinking, oh, my God, I need to let everyone go. This is just how we're going to do it. And I remember my daughter, that is, she's eight now, you know, saying to me, what's happening? I'm like, you know, I need to wait for a deal to finish and it's not happening. I'm just tired, you know? And she's like, oh, just send an SMS. And I'm like, hey, it doesn't work this way. Like, <laughs> And at the end, I did it. I stopped the car, sent them an SMS and say, hey, is the deal done? And they, while I was driving, they, they, they say, yes, the deal is done and we want to put more money. So I just remember that moment and it kind of taught me when you actually bring someone in a journey like fleet, you need to just trust the process. 
you know, and not give up. Now I'm going through serious B, so probably I'm going to be crying a little bit more in the coming months, but let's see. <laughs> oh, well, and what a beautiful story. And I love that your daughter's innocence was involved in that, you know, in that memory. She's integral, you know, integrated Absolutely. into that. Absolutely. It's like, hey, you've asked them something, they're not reply, ask them again. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not that easy. I like that. You said that it's, it's very complicated, but there's also the layer of, of simplistic. So... Then what is your advice for businesses that are going through this journey and that real, very real fear? You know, I need to let everyone go. We're running out of money. Like, you know, a horrible weight and responsibility. What are some of the the advice that you give for people on this journey? It's hard. I mean, a, a lot of people ask me for advice, but that's a five years journey. So I'm just like a step further than everyone else. I believe what I've learned about building a business is that you really have to be honest with you what kind of business you want to build. If your goal is really just bringing a business to to have word impact and you need VC money to support you, like, it's weird to say, but the bigger the ambition, the easier it is. And not just because of the VCs, because of the people that you can hire, because of the journey you are into. I mean, building a constellation of satellites, very small satellites to cover every side of the world and uh, propelling industrial IoT. It's big vision. And we want to go to the moon. It's just, but that brings everyone so enthusiastic that you really cope well with the moment that are hard. Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, wow, but where does that ambition come from? I mean, it's like, oh, that would be nice. Go to the moon. But like I sort of go, oh, you'd be nice. But you you're like, I want to go to the moon. Like where does this big ambition come from? A lot of reflection going back. And uh, now that I've got kids, I also see how they operate. I was very passionate about space and very passionate about all the things space and all the things universe and all the things tech when I was very young. Okay, and I got a big family. They are all engineers, but none of them was really a space geek. So I was a space geek. So now that I look at my life, I understood that I had a purpose somehow and it was inside me. It was a profound feeling. But at that point in time, I just loved it. And I loved it so much that I keep pushing. And, and it kind of feels like a responsibility. So I, I'm responsible to make this change. I can't give up on it. I read a beautiful article that said that kids between five and 10 years old, they talk a lot about space. They have a very high IQ and they're fascinated at all the things change and they're going to do well in life. So I think it's, in, it's inside you, I would mm. say. And then you just tap into it. And as you say, so the, the profound purpose, you know, and tapping into that because the, the ideas of space and being fascinated with space is lovely, but the reality of turning that into a business, that creating is, satellites that actually different. go into space, well, <laughs> that's a big leap. And now bear in mind that I'm an engineer by background, so I'm a nerd by background. You know, I, I started to become an engineer and build stuff for space and, and I loved it. And then I came in Australia, I was stuck in a corner because I could not do what I like to do, so working in space. And then I said, this is my purpose. So if I can't work in a university, if I can't work in any companies because there were no space company at the time, I'm going to build it myself. So there is a lot of things around me that happen. It's not just me, like, you know, SpaceX and Elon Musk and all this like Planet Lab, all these American companies that looked at space and say, okay, how can we change the economics of space and allow people to actually build companies around space so so it's not just that passion without that society and economic change in space i probably wouldn't 
do what I do. You made sure you capitalized on that alignment. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you worked sure. hard. Yeah, yeah. And I and saw you it coming. took the opportunity. <laughs> All you, the stars aligned. They, the, the stars aligned. Of course <laughs> they did. And and I think that's an interesting point that I'd, I'd like to get your take on. So South Australia and the, the government here has been very vocal about wanting to fund and support space yep. um, and space development in South Australia, which is new and unique for Australia. What's it like being involved in that? So you you have to know that when we founded Fleet, that was five years ago, at that time we didn't have a space agency yet. So everyone was like, oh, space startup, we are a space agency, we are a space industry, go to Silicon Valley. And I'm like, I love Adelaide, it's just such a great life. So I was involved in the creation of the space agency. It was a reference group of several peoples that said, okay, it's time to build it. It's time to build a space agency. Australia was one of the last country in the world without a space agency. As I see space, I see as very high level technology. So it's a very important to have that type of economy. So I was part of that. And then I'm part of the entrepreneurship advisory board here in South Australia to help the ecosystem. And we were talking with the premier and he was like, I think we should bring it to Adelaide. I think this, this space agency should be here. And now it's here. <laughs> so it's just, just happened you know I, I'm a big believer that we don't all succeed by ourselves that you need to bring the ecosystem with you it's awesome yeah I, look and that aligns with be the drop because it's around that collaboration and community because you can't create a waterfall with just one drop exactly you that's your waterfall story you need a lot of drops so you can create a drop and can get bigger and bigger but it's never going to be a waterfall <laughs> you no, know what I mean that's right and so I suppose the other aspect of your story is there was no space agency in Australia and there certainly isn't many female founders yeah. in the space industry I don't yeah I, you know it was bizarre for me and like, I always knew that are not a lot of uh, females in the space industry in general is not that bad in Europe but if you look at then I realized that space tech founders here was a real niche <laughs> so I'm like oh I'm in a real niche here okay uh, I know I had a, probably four not three some in the US and one in Europe female founders of space star we all know each other and you know we talk and it's tiny so yeah. it comes with a big responsibility, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, and how does that feel, that responsibility? Like, you know, there's challenges associated with that, but is there also the positive? The I think side? they are just positives. I yeah. don't see any challenges. Like, uh, you know, my theory in life is that you need to know your stuff. So when girls come to me and say, how can I become an engineer? How can I become a CEO? You have to work, study, know your stuff. You know, so it's, it's, it's really weird because I always thought like that I always thought it was about creating your own knowledge being the best one in the room that knows what you're talking about but I also understand that the, all the world is not like that you know so I I tell you a funny story so at the beginning of this year I posted a photo of my, me and my kids on LinkedIn and I was doing giving a talk to like thousands of people I didn't have a babysitter so this photo is me on you know the podium talking with my six months old in my arm and my two years old next to me it's a cute photo so I posted in January because for me it's normal you know and the day after I woke up and it became the most viewed LinkedIn post in the history of time and I had 20 million views and it went viral <laughs> and now I've got these 10,000 stories of women that replied with that post from all over the world, you know, from India, South America and America and Europe, actually telling that for them it's not that easy to be a executive or something and a mom and make it happen. And it makes me sad because for me, I never had a challenge, you know, for me it's powerful. But I think it's powerful because, because I know what I'm doing. You know, I know, I know my space stuff. 
I started like crazy. So I do my mistakes, don't get me wrong. I still have lots to learn to become a very solid CEO. But it was pretty sad to see that the world is still Mm. has to catch up with everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as a, a mother of two daughters, yeah, you want to make sure you're creating those opportunities. Absolutely. And and helping them see that they can do it that way. I agree. Yeah. But and it is and it is sad that those stories, you know, so many women were sharing. So those many. Stories. But also a great opportunity and example, you know, for you to be an example and a positive role model and really shape that, which is exciting. It was exciting, weird, you know, because my LinkedIn went bananas and <laughs> still after four months, like I was something like 10,000 requests of friendship that I don't know how to cope with. <laughs> but it kind of, real, I kind of, real, while for me it's normal, I kind of realized that it's not so normal. And in a good way, because I got some responsibilities, you know, for the young girls or the women in my company to start with, you know, making sure that the women are well paid and they've got career opportunities and they get hired. So it's, it's it starts from your environment, right? Yeah, absolutely. So then launching of satellites. So you've, you know, launched, how many have been launched so, so far? So we've launched five so far and now we are getting to a point that we are going to mass produce them. So, you know, building tens of 20s, 30s a year. So Yeah. And the launches, where does that happen? So SpaceX, of course, in US and Rocket Lab in New Zealand have been uh, launching our satellites. Australia has got one startup in Queensland called Gilmore that is building a rocket that is with an Australian flag. <laughs> so hopefully they'll make it happen. So uh, the rocket company, there are, there are rocket companies all around the world. It's, uh, it's fascinating to watch how they are, you know, changing the cost and dynamics of getting to space. Huh? Mm. And so that it's not necessary to be able to launch them from Australia? I hope we will be able to. Like, I, I hope that Gilmore will make it. I hope we will have a launch pad. It's a big country. We will find us a piece of land to launch a <laughs> rocket. I'm sure we will. It is it gives speed and it gives, you know, the vertical integration that you need to go fast. In space, it's all about vertical integration. Like, so the closest you have your things, the faster you go. Yeah. And then, so for us layman non-space tech people... <laughs> Definitely me. You're putting satellites up and looking, you know, and you're saying tens of thousands and we're looking at communications. And is it a similar yeah. Yeah, similar sort of concept of what Elon Musk is doing? Is, the, is Starly, it? it yeah. So uh, if you look at comms from space, there are two big markets now that are happening. One is the market that Starlink and Elon Musk is trying to tackle. And that's broadband for people. So if you have a house in remote areas in the middle of nowhere, uh, you want to have high-speed internet. It's trying to provide it at a cost that it's not, you know, you don't have to break the bank <laughs> to yeah. have that because satellites historically are very expensive. So this is what Starlink is doing. What we are doing is called industrial IoT. So we actually connect devices on things. So we work with critical infrastructure, so hydro company, distribution and transmission power lines, gas pipelines, so all the critical infrastructure, not connecting people and giving broadband, but connecting devices that gather data out of assets. So two different internets, um, similar goal. And we close, we work very close with SpaceX. So it's it's beautiful to see that it's trying to solve the less puzzle of internet for people. So how we bring it everywhere. And we are now working on the new puzzle that is the internet for things. So yeah. different rules for the two, the two markets. Yeah. yeah, but such an exciting space 
Space. It's such an exciting <laughs> space. The space is such an exciting space, yeah. Well, Flavia, thank you so much. In conclusion, though, can you share with me your Be The Drop tip? So the Be The Drop tip is how do we motivate and inspire? How do we bring other people with us on our journey? What is it that is your top tip to create that waterfall? I think you, everyone has to remember, and what I said to you before, there is no way you're going to win by yourself. You know, the, the most ambitious you are, the more people you need to bring in the journey, not in your company or in your life, just around you. So the, the biggest change in the world changes everything. So the people that keep it for themselves, they're not going to go as far. So connect, try, help the ecosystem, give your time, your free time. No one of us has got free time, <laughs> but give it in order to other people to succeed. So I think that's the lesson. I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.